Warning, this program contains strong themes meant for a mature audience. Discretion is advised. Going live in five, four. What does live mean? Uh. Welcome to the Rambling Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm your host, Christina. And this is the show where we ground humanity's most absurd and baffling ideas. And like recently, I've been thinking about the fact that it's gonna be Christmas soon. And the fact that now that we required a lot more information, who exactly is Santa? Once we've truly and honestly applied what we found out, because it seems like out of all the creatures, out of all the people, out of all the beings, out of all the everything intelligent or not mm-hmm. that we've come across, the most overpowered of them all is Santa. The leader of elves. The leader of elves. And I don't know what this is about. It's absolutely crazy. I don't think he's an elf. You don't think he's an elf? No. Why? He's too Jesus-like. Hey, he was made from the Philosopher's Stone, too. You think, he was, you think he's like Jesus or King Arthur or Joseph? Yeah. Is that too crazy? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This this guy has always been so difficult to pin down. And, you know, we once in a while unpack what we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. But it's still really complicated and we're not sure what it is. What's his goal? Like, what's his goal? What he really is? We have guesses. We know of people. There's a lot of loose connections. But now we have a lot more information about this higher tier level of advanced civilization. And if he fits into any of these groups, at least the not tier three or four at most, I'm guessing, like, tier two, right? Some, like, star-level energy. I'm talking about the sea people? No, I'm talking about... Oh, I haven't even mentioned what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Santa Claus. I believe He's... that Santa Claus fits into our tier scale of... Uh, well, not our tier scale, but the Kardashev scale. About the level of a civilization. Where they're a higher level... When they're, you know, it's like... You think he's by himself? I don't think he's by himself. I believe that... Well, I'll tell you what I believe in a moment, actually. First of all, let's unpack what we believe about... Or not believe. What we know. About? Santa. Okay. What are the things that we believe we know? Because once... We mm-hmm. establish those things. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of technology, a lot of advanced civilizations, all kind of branching out at exactly the same time to compare to now. We just need to know what we're starting with. What are the building blocks? So what do we know about Santa? What have we discussed in the past? Let's go through that briefly. Okay. So what do you remember about him? What are things he we know for fact? He saved 
He resurrected some children. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. That's very Jesus. And, I know, he goes around the world in a day to every single house. What are some of his abilities? I don't know if that's teleportation (laughs) or time travel or a little bit of both. I think if it is not teleportation, then he has such an over-exaggerated... speed force, for sure. Yeah, he has such an exaggerated <laughs> level of time control yeah. that what would take somebody years to accomplish, he successfully manages to accomplish mm-hmm. in what to us feels like a night, but presumably to him was a year. Or many years. Yeah. Like the I, I think if that's the case, there's definitely a ratio going on, right? What? Where mm-hmm. it'll be like we experience three hundred and sixty four days of a year, and then he experiences those same three hundred and sixty four days, but then in one day he would have to experience like thirty years. No. Because he slows down time. Oh, I guess. He no, I don't think so. I think it's more years. about travel. You know what? Because of what we have learned, I'm thinking that he is using teleportation. I think he's going into... Because of the elves, like, he works with elves. Come on. Like, they have to be dropping it off, right? He knows all the places to sneak through all these um portals. Elves have natural portals everywhere. I think you could be using those. They don't have not. They don't need portals. They're fairies. They can exactly. just pop in and out. I never no, thought about this. No, they have this. their own portal. I mean, they have their own space that they travel through. They don't pop in and out. They're going through this thing. They're going through the through Elfane. Exactly. He's going through Elfane. He doesn't need to go through anything. But we already, oh my god, I see all the lines you're connecting now. It took me a second. We just established this recently, either last week or the week before that. I think that. last week. Because th- I think the sea people have figured it out by using shadow technology. Who was it? Who was it? Who were we remember. talking about? I don't who were we talking about who established the portal through a top? It was the necromancers. Yes. Yes. He's using their tech. Yeah, he's These necromancers are not just necromancers. They are. They're just... I think they're just sea people. Aren't they? No, no. Yes. Necromancers don't have to be sea people. They definitely are. Why do you believe they're sea people? Because there's no no way. The technology that they have is too ridiculous. Because it's a combination of everything. A sea people... Shadow Realm and Fairy. I mean, I think the conclusion of that episode was ultimately that they might as well be exactly. But like, we don't know that for a fact. Again, that's like a that's a good conclusion. Unless you know any humans that became one or got taught by one of these actually. No way. No way. Anyways, Mm -hmm. so I came in to the thought of Santa. Trying to answer some pretty basic questions about him. Which are, who is Santa Claus? What is Santa Claus? And what is Santa Claus's goal? 
Like, what is he doing, right? We have ideas. We have, like, what he's doing. We have ideas of what he's doing. We have ideas of who he is. We have ideas of what his goal, not his ultimate goal, but we know, like, at least what he's trying to accomplish in some aspects. But with the information we have, if we crack open this case, go balls to the wall with it, what do we find, right? Because then, trying to answer those questions, the only real things we need to look at are the things that stick out about Santa Claus, right? Mm -hmm. The things we're familiar with, kind of. And it goes as follows. Like, is Santa Claus an Elysian himself? Probably. I think. Makes sense. Why do you think? He has their powers. You You think that's the case? He's either one or he's either a thing they made. Interesting. Like Jesus or King yeah. Arthur. Okay. Then we have weird things like, does he use adrenochrome? Because why does he need fear? Okay. You know? <laughs> huh. Like, what is that um, about? I don't know. Jesus also feels like he it needs fuel too. And it kind of leans in that direction a little, right? I guess. That will still make him more like Jesus for some reason, but I don't understand. How does Santa know everything? But Jesus kind of knows a lot, too. It's the same. It's a special ability these type of things have. You think Yosef had it, too? Who? Yosef, the golem. Except for him, because he wasn't given free will. He did have free will. The problem is you could still deactivate him, which is fucked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think he could tell. Because then he'd probably kill those people. I don't know. <laughs> Why would he be okay with them deactivating him? And the King uh, King Arthur didn't know everything? No. Not even but close. But the more you... They... Hmm. I think... But, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you're Gotta, oh shit, I think we have a word for this already. They're homunculus. They're artificial humans, they're homunculus. And the problem is, Jesus was a fully normal thinking homunculus, as close to perfect as possible. But Arthur was intentionally lacking that super expanded knowledge, intentionally it seems. And then, let's build a narrative that he'll follow instead of just giving him the knowledge he'll need to just know to do it. Because when we did that, they went rogue. How does uh, Merlin know that? Maybe connected to the Elysians in some way. He is, in fact, half human, half uh... Shadow. Or was he half Elysian, half Shadow? I can't. No, he was I think he was Elysian. human. He was Elysian? I th- Merlin. Merlin. Half Elysian, half... Okay, yeah, so fair enough. So. OP crap like that. Anyways, but back to Santa. What are the things we know? What stands out that's really weird about this guy? Besides, like you said, he knows... He knows everything. But, but he doesn't know everything. I mean, they say he knows who's on your nice, but that's more about the fear, not about him actually knowing. Oh, shit. I never made that connection. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so that so could just be So he's just up. detecting if you're scared, it's because you're guilty of not having been nice. But if you are nice, 
he can't detect that because all he's really detecting is fear. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's the case, he can only detect it when it's nearby because he's not just knowing everything. No. So he gets to your house and then he leaves the thing, but he's not leaving the thing. That's part of the story that he successfully managed to get a society that goes ahead and gifts themselves and says it's this guy who mm-hmm. still generates a fear from the children, which is the most optimal fear. Mm-hmm. He somehow got parents unknowingly involved in the process of getting fear, but nobody's getting harmed. Mm-hmm. He probably doesn't need to know who's not being nice, though. He, he just needs you to, to think. He just that... needs you to think, yeah. This could all be bullshit for all mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. What else do I know? The reindeers. What about the reindeers? The reindeers stand out. They fly. Flying fucking reindeer. Flying reindeer. Yes. <laughs> Lesions have creatures. Yeah, for sure. But do reindeer do the without talking about a lesion? What are the characteristics of these reindeer specifically? What are features without comparing them to anything else? It just exists exclusively for these things. What does Santa Claus stand with? What do these reindeers stand with? The fact that they can fly. What the hell is up with Rudolph? What the fuck is Rudolph? Why does Rudolph glow? He's a radiating reindeer? The hell is that? That's unnatural as fuck. They fly. Uh-huh. That's weird. And they're reindeer. And out of all the vehicles he can have... It's a sleigh. It's a sleigh. Um, Now allow me to establish some time here. Okay. The sleigh leans into a Roman style kind of medieval wagon thing that you get dragged in. What are those called, you know? That they used to have for war and shit. Chariots? Chariots. It resembles a chariot. Hmm. It's a lot like a chariot. The gap of time between when chariots were common and this motherfucker being on a sleigh is colossal. So, definitely old habits at play. You think you know how old he is? Uh-huh. Is he older than Jesus? I don't know. It's unclear. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Allow me to open the case of fucking Santa Claus. I should call it that. Fucking Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, things we know for a fact. Is Santa Claus an elation? We don't know. We gotta try to answer that shit. Reindeer. Definitely resembling mm-hmm. some familiar things we've come across. Does this man use adrenochrome? There's a lot weird about that. Does yeah. turning adrenochrome into a power boost of some sort because he's using that to perform whatever the fuck but also the elves what's up with that what's up with that what's up with that okay let's establish some really basic things elves they're not elves they're obviously gnomes we know who the elves (laughs) are i don't know how this got confused elves and gnomes very different things. The people helping Santa Claus are gnomes. They are not elves. Are they not from the fairy world? Or are you saying they're shadow creatures? Gnomes are elves. Are, are, are fairies. Okay, then. But they're not elves. Whatever. 
They are not elves. They are fairies. They are fairies. For whatever reason, the world calls them elves. Doesn't matter. They're still from the fairy world. This is not how that works. If anything, they're elf famers. But we okay. don't need to say that because they're fae, a.k.a. fairies. Uh-huh. That's what you would say to Earthling. Okay. It's kind of like, no matter who you were on Earth, if people were like, oh, they're Chinese. Well, whatever. They're all from the planet where mm-hmm. China's on. They're all Chinese. That's essentially what you're doing here. I don't get it. Because it, China, uh-huh. being just a country. Uh-huh. And elves being just, I guess, Chinese people being a ethnic group and elves being an ethnic group and then labeling anybody from the location they're from, elves or Chinese is the same. There's no difference there. So by saying that the gnomes, an entirely different race, is an elf instead of a fairy, Uh it's like you saying... We are Chinese, not human. Okay. But how is that important? No, I'm just saying. Okay. That that is, we must make clear distinctions in those definitions so not be confusing when we communicate. Okay. Those gnomes that we call elves. Yes, they are gnomes. Uh-huh. And because we know that the fairy, that the elves are actually trying to suppress te- level of technology around particularly advanced individuals. Mm-hmm. And that is number one as to why these individuals are specifically the opposite of an elf. Okay. Because they're actually assisting in this colossal power shift that exists with this individual as opposed to preventing it from happening. But do you know why? We're going to get to that. First thing I noticed that's really interesting is a giant power level and no naga. I looked. There's no snake associated with this individual. Uh. That tells us a single obvious thing. Let's look at the facts that we're familiar with when Mm -hmm. it comes to an advanced civilization, when it comes to the naga, and when it comes to elves. This is why this definition makes a lot of importance. As we're talking about elves, it's important that we know the gnomes are not who we're communicating with. Because right now we have to point out the fact that there are no elves around Santa. Okay. Which means he's off radar to being stopped. There is no Naga. Because where are you sending them if you don't know how to find this guy? Mm-hmm. These are signs that he's rogue. He's overpowered and must be working with a group that is unassociated, so that's where the gnomes come in. He has connections directly to Elfame somehow. Somehow. But why? I don't know. Okay. We're going to hopefully find the answer to that But you understand why they work with him? I don't understand why they work with him as far as we know. Hopefully we will conclude these things. Things we know about, I guess, yeah, Santa Claus. Uh He gives gifts for Christmas. Uh Not sure what that's about, although it seems obvious he's convinced parents to do that. Children become fearful of having done something bad, which generates a subconscious perpetual fear overpowered trick. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he can travel the Earth in a single night, as far as the narrative goes, which is what we assume is a time control trick or something. Yeah. Has assistance from fairies, which are the gnomes he has, uh-huh. which is the next note I have here, although we call them elves, it appears their description aligns more with gnomes. Has reindeers with unnatural abilities, and based on the scriptures, he is all-knowing. Oh, what are the gnomes descriptors? The gnomes descriptors is them being tiny, them being... Their outfits, you know, tend to kind of all be in sync. They seem to unage childlike things, with the exception that a lot of gnomes seem to be older men. But that seems to be our depictions of gnomes, or particularly mm. ancient gnomes who've been around a really long time. But mm. gnomes seem to be very young. They seem to be very short. So, almost comically. Like, okay. like adult toddlers, but not looking like dwarfs. Rather, looking like a full-grown human that you've just shrunk to the size. So they're proportionate when you shrink them. It's very odd. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, weirdly enough, you are fixed on Santa being an elation of some sort or an elation creation. Uh-huh. There is something that lends itself in favor of your argument that becomes a really hard obstacle to unravel when going through this. And it's not even a hard thing to find. It's sort of the main thing that's just in the way but easy to ignore. He lives in the North Pole. We know he's there. Everybody knows he's there, but it's also a giant place with Empty whiteness in every direction because his home can't be what? It's hidden. It's hidden like what? Uh, like the Elysian's home. Like okay. the Elysian's home. Yes. The big uh, obvious elephant in the fucking room that nobody thinks about. He's got their tech. He's got their tech. Bare minimum. He's one of them. Bare, yeah, bare minimum, he has to at least start. That's the starting point. Mm. And we're convinced they're bare minimum scale one or two. So 1.5, just to break it even, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Interesting, right? He lives in a place that's absolutely protected and invisible. Mm. Similar to the Elysian properties. Islands they have near the Isle of Man, mm-hmm. Atlantis, and when it was the Palace of Alcatraz. How do we know the difference if he's one of them or one of their things? Hopefully, the the the, the clues we have will tell us the answer to that. Okay, because we have some information that I don't know about. Well, there's a lot of information we're going to go through. Okay. But is he a uh, creation? What do we know about his creations? We have Jesus. We have Arthur. Uh-huh. Creations of the Elysians. We have Jesus. We have Arthur. Who else do we have? We have Joseph. These are all uh, using the same idea. Uh-huh. So whatever they have in common, if he shares any of that, I suppose. Which he did the knowing things part. You think it's he doesn't need to, but that would be the only thing actually linking him, because maybe he's more clever. 
But as we go through this, you're going to be very surprised about some things that I have stumbled upon, which completely reframe this. But we'll get to things as we get to things. Okay. Order is important. Mm. Order is important. So, in 1443, the first mentions of this omniscient being began to surface. And the first name he appeared with was Father Christmas. How do we know we're, that he's not Jesus? We, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, I know that's a random thing to think, but like, we know Jesus dies and he goes back and then he disappears. <laughs> yeah, he disappears. Oh, there are similarities like a motherfucker. Like, how do we know he didn't reappear? <laughs> he could. He totally could. He totally could. And Jesus is very giving and uh, wants you to do good and the things like of that there's nature. a lot. There's just so much similarities that it feels like uh, this guy could be that guy. Like, well, if this is the case, and Jesus is unstoppable, isn't he? He seems to be a lot of the time. Just to be fair, he does seem to be completely uncontrollable. Like, I don't think they can stop him, and like. Who's going to stop Santa? Like, come on. Who's stopping Santa, dude? Like, straight out. They're just hiding from him. They're hiding from both of them. They're hiding from both of them because they're the same person. But continue, continue. Pretend I didn't say that. Okay. Now, abilities, we know, factually, based on all the things. Seems he can control time. Mm-hmm. Allegedly knows everything everyone does at all times. Mm-hmm. Can appear and disappear instantaneously. That leans itself hard into teleportation or into fairies poofing in and out through the through Elfame. They travel through Elfame, crazy short distance. Time works differently. Pop up somewhere else Unless instantaneously. He has necromancy abilities, which seems to be one of the most overpowered things we've come across yeah. as of now. We're talking necromancy shits on Adrenochrome by miles. But also that seems to be included too. It seems to be a lot of stacking of things. Okay. He has nine reindeers with properties identical to Elysian Unicorn. That's another... He can teleport very Elysian. Mm -hmm. He lives somewhere that disappears very Elysian. He has the ability to pop in and out, mm-hmm. very Elysian. Creatures with abilities, very Elysian. Yes. Now let's get to some of the weirder things. Specifically, he can dematerialize into pure plasmic gas-like substances to fit through seemingly any space. This is witnessed by individuals. Is he also a vampire? That is totally leaning in that direction, except we know that vampires don't really do that. <laughs> so what the hell is that? That's some higher tier level teleportation. We're watching the dematerialization, so it's not so advanced. He could blink across the universe. He needs to physically That's move. That's a very shadow creature. Like, he needs to move the matter. I feel like shadow creatures can do stuff like that. Which would mean, like, come on, that makes him so much leaning towards Jesus, because we know Jesus went into the shadow realm after he died. Like, he's shadow and mortal. Yeah. Or was mortal. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, weirder one. His bag with a pocket dimension inside of it. 
He carries a pocket dimension around. See. Weird. I'm guessing the gnomes would have helped him with that. I'm not sure. Perhaps. Maybe that's connecting into something in Elfame where he just stores things. Or the necromancy powers. 100%. They're the ones that figured out how to have a shadow realm, a stable uh, teleporter. Teleporter. A portal. Yes. A portal, not a teleporter. A portal. (laughs) Portal. Portal. Santa does not age. Does he not age? He does not age. He looks so old. He's been that age. He can't die of unnatural causes. And he can't become... He can't die of natural causes. It's not unnatural. He can't die of natural (laughs) causes. And he can't become ill. Because he's already died. Right? He is Jesus. There's something off there. Come on. Okay. Screw Santa. Okay. St. Nicholas. Things that are unrelated to everything I just said to Santa. If I've already said it, I'm not going to mention it again for St. Nicholas. I'm just going to mention different details for St. Nicholas. There aren't many. A lot of them are shared with Santa, obviously. Okay. There are reasons for this, presumably. So things to note. Mm-hmm. St. Nicholas was born in Turkey. Okay. Important. Now, abilities we know of that surpass human natural abilities are, mm-hmm. as we know for a fact, managed to absolutely bring back to life three dead individuals. Those are the children? The children. Oh, okay. Yes. So that's, whoa. What's happening, bro? Mm-hmm. And I know why, and we're going to explain later. So beautiful. A lot of this is going to piece together. You're going to help me piece together the rest of it. Okay. But he can bring people back to life. Uh-huh. Now, I'm going to go through some significant events, and I'm going to ask you what's connecting them, and then we're going to figure things out, right? Okay. Because there's a lot of sketchiness around in this guy. So, significant events. This I'm just calling this part significant events. He is said to have made a pilgrimage to Egypt and returned to be the bishop of Myra, which is a town, just shortly after coming back. Mm-hmm. He revived the murdered three children who were pickled and going to be sold as pork. That's crazy. Saved three girls kidnapped to be sold into prostitution by dropping a coin into their home until their father had enough money to free them. Mm -hmm. I looked into this. He actually used to be a rich man. Not a rich man. His family was rich. They died. He spread their wealth when he inherited it. Okay. Because he didn't need it. That doesn't explain the the turning those children back to life. The power of money. Mm-hmm. He was once on a ship sailing across to spread the good word. There was a storm, and he single-handedly calmed it so that they can continue traveling freely. That was like, what? Mm-hmm. Huh? You just walked outside. You're like, nah, storm. I think that's out. just St. Powers, because I remember St. Patrick just doing that to Nessie. <laughs> 
was it St. Patrick? It was a saint that was there, and he was like, go. And then she oh. just she just walked away. Oh, I think maybe. He also, St. Patrick <laughs> did that to the snakes, too. Yeah, like, I guess. Shoot. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Scram. Okay. He saved three th- soldiers from being executed after being wrongly accused of crimes. He did what? He saved three soldiers okay. who were being... Uh, exactly how did he save them? He can apparently has a Jedi mind powers. He just bought their freedom or something? He did not buy their freedom. He protested nope. in their favor. That's it. And got them off. Okay. Okay. This, this next part was very interesting to me. Because, like I said, as I'm as I go through these divided parts and stumble through things, we're gonna have a lot of oh. What? Be ready for this following sentence. It's a short one, but oh, oh, does it does it throw us in the right direction, man? He chopped down a tree possessed by demons, allegedly. I'll put that there. We'll come back for that later. <laughs> what? When his remains... His remains... His remains ooze an unnatural fluid that has been a complex problem. Because, like, they they have his bones. That's gross, but it's very Catholic. Yeah. They have his bones. And so, a bunch of people came to study the compound of the chemical that's oozing. Mm-hmm. And they they thought it was water initially, but upon closer and closer and closer inspection, there's a weird, unnatural, unidentified combination for an iron-like compound in there. Is it related to the shadow people? Is it related to the fairies? What's happening? No, no. Associated. With St. Nicholas are two things that matter a lot. Mm-hmm. One is a staff. The staff has the head. The head of the staff mm-hmm. is designed identically to a symbol inside of the magnum opus. The head of the staff What is that? Magnum opus? The magnum opus is the book that has the recipe for making a philosopher's son. Are you gonna say that he made Santa? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know where you're going. But that is very random. Because he did go to Egypt so he might have gotten some knowledge from there. He went to Egypt, right? Things are, like I said, as I go <laughs> through things, hmm. things are going to happen, man. Okay. 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 Hmm. okay. <laughs> so, yes, he has a staff. Yes. And the head of the staff is the exact symbol or one of the symbols that exists inside of the magnum opus designed exactly as it was originally, which is a nice little swirl that begins almost like a question mark where it connects to the staff. Uh-huh. 
just random detail. You think it, you don't know what it means or anything? No. Okay. Doesn't matter what the symbol means. It's one of many symbols. He's mm. usually dressed in weird symbols too. And the most important thing I'm going to say relative to this man. And it took me a while to find a photo proving this one. Because I found it in words first. And I looked and looked and looked, and it seems almost erased from existence, but I found it in words. And so, you know, I flipped through enough until I stumbled upon the fact of the matter. Which is that he wears a pendant around his neck, where in the pendant, there is a wine red gem encased at the center of his pendant. What does that mean? A wine red gem at the center of the pendant around his neck? Are you like saying it's a philosopher's stone or something? That's exactly what that sounds like to me. I thought they were apples. The philosopher's stones aren't apples? Adam and Eve are code names for philosopher stones. Oh, yeah, but we never got their descriptions. We had no idea what they look like. We know, based on the magnum opus, that they are red gems. We do? Yeah. I don't remember that description. Oh. <laughs> and he's just walking around with one? He has one independent Wait, this is Nick, not Saint Santa. Nicholas. He sacrificed himself and made this... Jesus Claus. I don't know. I don't know. None of this makes sense. Because he doesn't even seem like the type of person who will sacrifice people. Why does he have that? Who did he sacrifice? If it wasn't humans, it could be shadow realm people. I don't know. Like, maybe... What did the gnomes... Did the gnomes have him sacrifice their enemies? And they were like, you help us, we help you. Type of the situation. Like, maybe they had some other fairy type beings that were bothering them. Maybe you should look into them and who they have problems with. Because maybe we'll find out, like, he... Who's a gnome? Yeah, the gnomes. You know how hard it is to find out anything about a fairy? Yeah, but if you just... You could just... just shoot, you should just... You should just try. I mean, there's nothing wrong with looking. Yeah. Like, why? How did he get it? He had to kill something. He didn't have Many to... Many things. Well... I'm going to go through my theories on what happened. And okay, but what do you think of my theory first? What's your theory? That they had him get rid of whatever they had a problem with, and then they're now helping him. Not him, but whatever this new version is. They helped him to make that stone, though, because he helped them solve a problem, which created the stone in the first place. I know it's crazy, but like, the problem is I know the answer to the question you're asking. Okay, okay, okay. And clean the sort of yes and no all together. Okay. So, about everything we've already gone through, things that stand out to me. He chopped down a freaking tree that possessed some sort of thing he, or written, states was a demon. hmm We know of trees with special abilities. He went... It's important that he chopped down this tree. There was a significant importance to him doing that to this tree. That was a big deal for him, and so it became a big deal for whoever was telling the narrative of this event, where he tore down the tree, chopped down the tree. That's because I am believing 
that this tree is a very familiar tree because of two things. One. It's a fairy tree. No, I, I, I swear to God, it has to be. Uh-huh. Because the story originates in Germanic region, which leads us quite close to the Celtic region. And he had to travel to get to the tree. Maybe they asked him to do that. Maybe someone in, like import, an important gnome was in that tree. He was saving the gnome. He wasn't actually getting rid of a fairy. Because we know that fairy trees, ha- we believe there's fairy souls in them. But what if you can't really kill a fairy? Like, we have an idea that you can, but maybe you can't. Like, maybe it's more confusing than that. Maybe it's more complicated than our concept of death. Yes, when it comes to fairies. So, like, their quote-unquote death looks like these trees... He chops it down. He saves the fairy that was in it, which was a gnome. Therefore, all the gnomes help him. <laughs> Could definitely be. If it was like be. a very important gnome type of No thing. way to know. Could definitely be. That is such an important moment that it got written down. The problem is, the way he was describing it in the writing, there is a demon inside the tree. So the tree is no good. The individual writing this must have been going off of the word of St. Nicholas, who had to cut the tree down. So, he taking the word of St. Nicholas, that's bad. I need to deal with the tree. Well, he can't tell him what he's really doing. If he knew what he was really doing, why would he tell someone? What would somebody else do about it? I don't know, but it was important to keep the secret. Fair. If that's the case... The idea would be he is something is in the tree, and he's extracting something from the tree by chopping the tree. That's mm-hmm. the facts of the matter. Mm-hmm. So I found that very interesting. Another thing that kept showing up was the consistency of three. Three murdered children. He saved three kidnapped girls. He saved three soldiers that were about to be executed. That seems to be a consistent pattern. I don't know the significance of that per se. I just know that that was interesting. Okay. Now, framing this man like an elision. Yes, the reindeers. There's something off about that. Identical when we compare them. But that's not him. Who are we talking about now? Because now we're talking... Because you just separated Saint... Nicholas with Santa, are we saying they're both the same person? Are we saying they're not the same oh, person? Oh, no, no, What's no. I haven't here? combined them into one person. Okay. At this point, I'm still jumping between these two individuals. Okay. So, okay. I guess it would make sense to say, now that we know the differences between these two individuals, okay. what do we know for a fact? Or not for a fact. So, out of the information that we have, yes. what can we say factually looks like elation related? Of all of this information. Of all of this. No matter who it falls under. No matter who it falls under. Now we're trying okay. to tie them together. Okay. Because, again, there's a lot of things that are similar, but mm-hmm. what things about them being the same person tells us he's on a leash. Mm-hmm. The reindeer are definitely identical to Elysian unicorns. Yes. There is almost no distinction. How they move through air without the requirement of wings, they can travel almost in vertical positions. Like, that feels very, very Elysian. Mm-hmm. Cloaked home. Very Elysian. Yes. 
that might be the most Elysian thing ever, because that's one of the first things. We know it through all of the places of the Elysians, the mountains they've hidden, Man, the homes. Th- okay, this is random again of him making him seem like maybe this is Jesus. Even though there's Nick, the thing is, like, he knows when you're not. The whole thing of him knowing things like that, you if you're naughty or nice, like, we know the Elysians are hiding from Jesus, and we know that we can sense him, and so they can, like, we all know things about him we shouldn't, that they were hiding from that. But, like, we don't know if he knows also things about them, even though he's never met them. Like, what if it works both ways of not just us seeing him, but he can see us. And that them, too. Not just us. Like, we say he knows when we're not in it. But, like, what if he can... Like it, this come the problem is that this comes back to pure speculation. We have nothing on this. Yes. It, the problem is that if we devolve to pure speculation, we have nowhere to go because it's a giant. Well, what if? Yeah. And then okay, then what? But just what? If, I know, but still, what if he does? And then that means like okay, so then that's how he knows Elysian technology, even though he's never met them, because he just he knows. Who, Jesus? Yes, because he knows who's not Aaron nice. Because he knows more about what's going on than, like, he's got psychic abilities, I guess, is the... He also might have connections to things like the Shadow Gods. And the Shadow Gods have access to Elysian Technologies. Jesus or Jesus? <laughs> okay. Hmm. It's a bypass. Yes, but then why does Santa have that tick? But okay, continue with Santa anyway. Well, those things stand out heftily to me. They they seem to be like real weird ones. Definitely the tree thing. Definitely the reindeer. Definitely the Elysian cloaking technology. Um, so this is how I see the events happening when we add the little details we know, because there's quite the gap between St. Nicholas and Santa. So let's talk time distance, right? Okay. 300s is when we come across St. Nicholas. That's when he was alive. The okay. 300s. 300s? In his life, he meets the Egyptians in the Promised Land. The Promised Land goes by many names, but the most commonly used is the Holy Land. The Holy Land where St. Nicholas went to meet the Egyptian just so happens to be if you look on this map right here. We see Egypt. You see how it's connecting into Africa right there and whatever. And you see how it's taking parts of Iraq and like going through the bottom part of Iran there. It's because it crosses to Persia to get to the Egyptians. Nice and close to where Persia was. Mm -hmm. You know, where their stuff would have been many years after they left. And if there's any rogues left behind, that's where they would be. So, he goes through former Persia, and in this process, he's introduced to Elysians. 
We know this because as a human willing to help, he is later enlisted amongst the Christians to assist them. As we already know, thank you, St. Patrick, for revealing the truth of how interactions with the Christians go. You get chosen. We know St. Peter. We know St. Patrick. And now we have St. Nicholas. All that kind of went through the same process. Okay, new idea. Go for it. Okay, random. But, well, not random. You were talking about necromancy and how it's hard for people to get in. We don't know any stories of people who succeeded. But what if we do know and they're called saints? Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Because they're the ones that have those abilities. Well, then allow me to establish the reality of the matter. That if a saint is the accomplishment of a necromancer. Which knows, that means they know Shadow Realm, Fairy, and just remind me 100%. of all those abilities. Yes, okay. 100%. That means that the main factor to being a saint, a.k.a. a necromancer, so they're, you know, necromancer is the old name, saint is the new name. Yes. The main requirement is being human. You can't do it as an Alicia. That would immediately disqualify Marlin as actually having been... Because, again, this is a fuzzy detail, him being half and half. Mm -hmm. We know half Shadow. We are assuming half Alicia, but we don't know. Yeah. But it seems quite consistent that there is a other factor needed to be a saint, and I suppose this is why Jesus doesn't qualify as a saint. Because he's not a necromancer. No. But he has abilities to... He has different abilities. Okay. While necromancers, saints, might have to go through the dying process too, Mm -hmm. but all saints exist after the events of Jesus. So is it that Oh, we learned and we can make the process. Like, is that the process then? Are saints the process? Jesus was the first attempt. It failed. We got this thing. But we can take some things out and make saints. But then why Joseph? I don't know. Why do you need Joseph? It doesn't make sense. That breaks down immediately. Why do you need Joseph? Why do you need King Arthur? But those are for different things. Well, King Arthur's for something different. Mm Mm-hmm. King Arthur is something different, but not Joseph. It looks like his goal isn't, like, the goal of his existence is essentially to be able to bridge distances. Which is, if you have this technology as an elation, then what the hell? Why would you need it? Then again, Joseph isn't an elation. He's made by the Jews. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Arthur, questionable. We don't really know. Jesus, definitely made by the elations. Yes. Don't know. I don't know the relevance. <laughs> I don't know the relevance. I'm over here thinking just It means something. But saints are definitely humans. Saints seem to be predominantly human. That are trained from Elisha's. Yeah. Well, Catholicism as a whole seems to be pretty controlled by the Elisha's. Well, yes, yeah, so hide their secrets and all that crap. Yes. But saints are a little... They're just... They're They're the top tier. Yeah, there's way more elitism. Well, we have no idea where the Pope falls into that. I don't know. 
He's like the big honcho in religion, which means he must be getting the big... Uh, the Depends. Does he become a saint after he dies? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe the goal is, you know, become... Ha- you have to die first. Yes. It seems to be always the case. That's so, literally part of the rules. Yeah. And you need to prove understanding of things. You have to accomplish things using the stuff before you went through the trend. So interesting rule set, right? Because in order to become a saint, mm-hmm. you need to have accomplished miracles and you have to die. Mm-hmm. So in order to have accomplished miracles, as far as we know, that's just another way of phrasing. You have to have successfully used the Lysian technology, which means it's very difficult to actually do have to prove a higher level of intelligence as a lower intelligence creature. Yes. That's requirement number one. Yes. And then you dying means now you have the ability to use Shadow Realm technology. Uh Uh-huh. And necromancy is the fusion of those two things. Two things? Three things? Those are two things. That's dying and being able to use Shadow Realm technology, which is one thing. Uh Uh-huh. And then it's using Elysian technology, which is the other thing. Okay. But then you also have to know about fairies. Oh, shit. To be a necromancer. Yes. It's even more complicated. Like, how? So then how do you get that part? No idea. No idea. Interesting. So that's actually a part to this missing. A huge chunk. Yeah. Anyways. Yes. So... 300 years ago, this man is... I mean, 300 years ago. In the year 300, this man is born. He meets the Elysians, goes to the Promised Land, a.k.a. the Holy Land, is introduced to Elysians. Mm-hmm. As a human willing to help, now that we know how this works in general, like St. Patrick, mm-hmm. he becomes enlisted among the Christians to assist in the cause of the Elysians. Yeah. With Elysian technology at his disposal... He manages to cross paths with fairies. This is where we spin off into some interesting things. With fairy assistance, he successfully builds a location at the North Pole that is unknown to the Elysians, and with Elysian technology, successfully cloaks it from them. So he start, he was working with them, and then somehow... Why? What happened? Rogueness. Why? self-interest and lack of Mm. fear. Mm. Now, at this new location, he gradually brings technological specs that he sneaks out of Elysian facilities. How? Just casually, because of being a high-ranking member and having to learn how to use all these things and blah, 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 blah. He's slowly, you know, here and there. He's working with Jesus. I don't know. I don't know. Prove to me he's not. <laughs> Prove to you he's not. Now, these technologies stolen allowed them to somehow create or locate a philosopher's stone because they have access to Elysian things because of I the Egyptians. He had that when because he of the went Mayans. to Egypt, he had it. He didn't have it when he went to Egypt. We know that he is known for having it. Oh, okay, that wasn't in the period where he went to see it. No. We know that he was, he became the leader of Myra, which is a town, mm-hmm. when he returned from Egypt. They deemed, oh no, you're worth being the leader now, just because you were over there and you have whatever. Okay. Wow, does he have a stone? Who did he sacrifice? Or he located one. 
Which is a red pendant. Using fairy assistance, the narrative of the man to fear begins to spread. Mm -hmm. Do you really think he just found the stone? I don't know. I don't know how he acquired it. Now, with immortality on his side, enters the big picture game, right? Because this isn't a short-term thing. It's exponential, but mm-hmm. gradual at the start, right? Mm-hmm. One person tells two, two people tell four, so on and so forth. So, he has immortality. He can play the long game. It's the 300s. He's not going anywhere. By the 1443s, you know, 1400s, 1443, the first mentions of Father Christmas arrive. But there was no association with gifts. There was a man who showed up and seemed absolutely determined to convince people that there is a reward beyond divinity. It's not God. Mm -hmm. But there is a moral obligation to give to others. It had nothing to do with children. It had nothing to do with giving to the poor. It had to do with a state of happiness and a state of uppityness, essentially. Like, if you're down, bad. If you're up, good. And mm-hmm. the bad being, you know, you're sad, you're not doing well. The, if you're not mm-hmm. going to be around people to cheer yourself up, you're doing it wrong. You should always aim towards this Christmas time to have now what's christmas time christmas time is just a general hey what if together we got once in a while to just make sure we're all doing well Mm -hmm. and if we're not we're doing something wrong so there was a togetherness to this discussion this man was having fear was never in the discussion to begin really yeah 100 Mm -hmm. it's just this man shows up in the 1400s and he's just talking all this stuff which starts to take off christmas does start to take off. And it's almost spreading everywhere in Europe. It's everywhere, 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 everywhere. All the Germanic countries and a lot of the Latin countries are also adopting these traditions that this man that nobody knows anything about. Father Christmas, this man. Mm. And he's over here preaching all this stuff and it's starting to pick up. Now, 200 years pass. It has completely flooded all of Europe. And this myth suddenly gets inserted the, if you don't, you will be punished part. But if you do, you're going to be rewarded. Okay. And that part was almost entirely focused on children. Almost like the narrative suddenly changed. Do you have any idea why? There's no mention for why. There's just a huge awareness that scholars have with the written narrative that suddenly, and this is where the gnomes come in. Because again, the gnomes helps in spreading the story, but the fact that almost everywhere in Europe simultaneously... It became about children? It became about, not children necessarily, but about the punishment and reward system. Do you think that has to do with the gnomes? The gnomes that could be anywhere, whenever, or portals, or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. This ability to be suddenly in many places. 
hmm. paid off, right? Now, the idea is you're a bad person. You're not going to get rewarded if you don't go out of your way to cheer other people up. Hmm. And the reward for doing that is things you've wanted and fantasized about. Fine. Whatever. Sure. Story gets spread. Narrative spreads. And it becomes a survival trick that if this is the reality of the matter, and it because it's everywhere suddenly, people just add it to the culture, and parents begin to teach it to the children mm-hmm. as a way to have the children prepared to naturally do this in the future as adults. That way they are just there for those around them. Mm-hmm. Then slowly the gift giving becomes a thing. Because, oh, literally somebody, but again, this is, we went from the 1400s to the 1600s, and in the 1600s, boom, suddenly this shit shows up about the fucking reward system. Then in the 1700s, almost 100 years, like clockwork, like somebody planned the drop, again, we get an addition to the story. We get the mention of the man himself being the present delivery guy. Okay. But we don't have Santa Claus yet. We just have, this is Father Guy, and we've seen him through God knows how long, and he always seems to be around. He's this thing who wants us to be moral people and take care of each other. And if you don't, he knows, because he knows everything. But suddenly, people start getting gifts. Now, here we have the break in the story that becomes very interesting. What? By the 1880s, Santa Claus is in all of Europe, some parts of Asia, and in the now-developing Americas, right? And that's quickly spreading through North America and migrating south. We have a lot of Santa Claus going on. The division happens when we have Santa Claus, the individual who is delivering these gifts and is treating the people and is and us having this sort of mass spread of the narrative i suppose we would argue is we have santa claus and we have the gnomes and we have his spread of the narrative and this power there is this division that starts to happen where people seem to be receiving the detail that, and I don't know how I, I have, I couldn't find anything relative to this, but I did find an interesting line, which I'll mention in one moment. It seems like the psyop was aimed at poor families that couldn't get that weren't being like things weren't dropped off my bad the other way around at rich families Mm. poor families would receive things rich kids who could receive things wouldn't and then their parents would go and buy the thing so that they would have the thing like the poor kids and not feel inferior someone was getting things for the poor kids the poor kids started receiving things people immediately associated this with father christmas okay the question is, the division in the story that's happening here is, we have a guy who's going out of his way to spread this narrative, and then we have a person literally, like, my question is, does this division in the story happen? Because he requires 
the parents to start doing it because you reach the early 1900s and there's no more sudden there's no more stories in writing of him literally doing the thing it seems like the old stories keep moving forward and people buy their children gifts like it was part of the thing that like if we get the people to do it then people will teach people to do it and then I can continue to remove myself mm-hmm. from the equation. So we have the reality of him removing himself. And then this illusion, this narrative that keeps being pushed by the people who teach it to their children. Okay, so then he doesn't really do any of this. No, he completely removed himself from the situation. It took a really long time and many blocks and wires crossing here and there and here and there. But it seems like he's no longer involved in any part of this process. He fully detached himself. And now, following that point in the early 1900s, it becomes a bit of an issue to differentiate which side is it something that kept rolling forward and then added to the fake story and which side is something from the reality of the matter. Because again, there's two versions of him moving forward from that point. There is a real him who seems to have just kind of detached and there is narrative that keeps moving forward and things that mm-hmm. morph with time. You play a game so of telephone. So everything we learn about Santa Claus though then is not real. And it's part of this story that has been building up. Well, no, because that only happened very recently. All these other stories have existed for quite some time, and a lot of them are written, sometimes surrounding literal scripture. The Santa Claus ones. Yeah. There's mythology, and there's scripture, including St. Nicholas. It seems to be that St. Nicholas is, in fact, Santa Claus. That seems to be they are one and one. St. Nicholas traveled and he Santa Claus is him extending his life beyond the mortal bounds of human. He is some sort of a human. He seems to, ha- yes, in fact, have received some form of training in technological use and in service to the Elysians. And he seems to be some sort of a traitor who has not just access to the things, but came across the right Elfame individuals who are also traitors, which also seems to be where the uh, narrative of gnomes being untrustworthy stems from. So what does... Okay, but all these stories are fake. Or not fake, but he's not doing anything. What is he doing? He was giving gifts for some time. But no, currently. Currently, as of now, it doesn't seem that he... We don't know. What would he do that we could understand? As things have gotten higher scale, he has exited realms of our understanding. You can follow the narrative back from when he was just a dude literally traveling on foot all the way to Egypt. Comes back, he's already the leader. You give him a little more time. I think he's just running a town of gnomes. Or city of gnomes. And Why does he need to interact with us? What's, what's... No, he's not interacting with us because he said these stories are just moving forward. What was like... the point of the... Why would he need to run anything? Why did he interact with us, rather? What was the point of those things? Before the story spread? I don't know. There's holes and he's really hard to pin down. He's a really hard guy to figure out. He he spread those stories. What if those are just stories about him? If he had nothing involved with those stories. That'd be weird because it's in service to him. 
that makes no sense. There's no well, benefit. like Jesus, like there's stories of him being good, but we know that they don't see him as a good guy. I don't get your point. I don't the Elysians, the Elysians don't make anyone villain. The Elysians aren't spreading stories of Santa Claus. How do you know though? Because the stories of Santa Claus I've retrieved from everywhere else. The only mention relative to him is what we get from Saint Nicholas. Where are those stories coming from? Everything before he disappears, and that's from Christianity, and that tells exactly. us nothing about Santa Claus. All the stories about Santa Claus happen after those events in which he is mentioned. As St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas disappears, and a man with all the identical characteristics plus some mm-hmm. shows up. Mm-hmm. And we consider him Father Christmas. Mm-hmm. And Father Christmas, eventually we just consider him Santa Claus, but we know factually those are the same guy. And then Father Christmas is just some guy who happens to have exactly the same characteristics, features, behaviors in the same region as St. Nicholas, who is a human that was both in contact on record with Egyptians, which we know are one of the two major groups to be in contact with the Elysians, and is later recruited for a literal organization made by the Elysians, which is Catholicism as a high-ranking member. So that's okay. it. We don't, like, the Elysians don't tell us about all this other stuff. That we get elsewhere. Talking about Santa Claus and Father Christmas, that's elsewhere. Those are coming from different sources that have nothing to do with uh, uh Catholicism or Christianity as a whole, because that seems almost entirely focused on the suppression of anything related to them when it mm. comes to these technologies. Mm. Anyways, uh, that's pretty much what I have. I think he is definitely associated with the Elysians. He seems to have been uh, employed by them, or whatever we want to call people who are part of the Catholic Empire. And then abandon them. And then abandon them in exchange for establishing something way more complicated. He definitely seems to have some necromancy-related things. There definitely doesn't seem to be uh, delivery methods that don't make sense. I don't know if we got anywhere in this conversation, if we concluded anything. didn't necessarily ground any thoughts here. <laughs> but we at least managed to go through what we do know and compare some notes. He definitely at least seems to, on paper, be a former Elysian associate, now trader, who works with gnomes, which are a type of fairy. But you don't think he's doing anything currently? I don't know. Hmm. I was hoping to figure that out based on what we knew, hmm. but we've run out of time and there's no way to figure that out. In the future, we will go through and hopefully try to pinpoint more specifically what he's doing now, if anything, or if any clue about things from the past can lead us in any direction like that, or anything we can on him. Because hmm. the problem is how enigmatic and difficult to comprehend, pin down, find anything on him. He is up there with some of the, like, the fairies. They're just difficult to get to. But you think... These stories about him have, like, some... Do you think the gnomes are spreading the stories? I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. For the future. For the future. All right. Anyways, if you guys have any ideas on anything we have discussed relative to Santa Claus or your upcoming holiday events, 
Um, uh, feel free to message us on all our socials. You could do that at Just Convo Pod on X, on TikTok, on Instagram, and Facebook. At Just Convo Pod. Do you see that? Yes. Remember to subscribe and rate and review the show. Yes, and word of mouth. Very important. Tell everybody everything you know about this show and about these episodes and about Christmas. This has been the Rambling Podcast. Take nothing personal and thanks for listening. Bye. Shit, what? The okay, government yeah. could just put your child through the transitioning process? That sounds weird. Mm-hmm. Huh. There's so much wrong there, yeah? Yeah. Obvious. Mm. So fear and blood. Fear and blood. All of it. Mm. All of the above. Always. 100%. But we don't think about it. Now it's every. It's every, obvious. Obvious. <laughs> Obviously. You're mm-hmm. taking the children? That's immediately what I'm going to think is happening. And then you really think about it and it's like, yeah, of course, you're finding a way to draw blood of children. Mm-hmm. Always. That's always been the goal. That's always going to be the goal. You're finding ways to draw blood from the children. Duh. Yes. Fucking. Every, but all our episodes end up there. Yes. Well, no, but everything ended up connected like that. And it's like, we began, and then eventually we found the sea people and great. You know, we're going to follow the trail a little. God damn is the trail. Like, bro, they did everything in their power to hide it. Look, journalism paid off. It did. Journalism paid off. Thank you, educational system. Would have been very expensive if I didn't get full ride. But fuck, bro. You dig deep enough and you end up fighting, finding these connections. The podcast is hosted by Christina Colazzo and Jack Thomas, produced by Lynn Taylor and published by GreatThoughts.info, art by Zero Lupo, and logo by Seth McAllister, with social media managed by Amber Black.